Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Full Dive Gaming Podcast, bringing a weekly dive of all the news, discussion, and condensed nerd talk you need for virtual reality gaming every Friday. This podcast is brought to you by Steering Products. They make some of the top-selling Amazon VR and AR accessories like the Styrian Aura VR headstand. I'm Ru McAfee, producer and editor of this podcast. I'm Jay Bratt. I'm a VR YouTuber and streamer. And uh, Destiny couldn't make it. Adam couldn't make it. Adam's, Adam's like got a break right now, so he's going to be gone for a little bit. But Destiny couldn't make it today specifically. Um, some Jonas Brothers thing, uh, we don't really know um, or understand. But tonight... <laughs> we have a favorite guest. I mean, no offense to the other guests, but we have Natalie here. <laughs> Hello. Um, esteemed wife and uh, gamer. Um, wife of Jay, specifically, for for those who are not aware. Um, not Natalie, just any wife. wife not just it. any wife. Um, <laughs> I have it here in the script that Nat speaks. <laughs> 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 yes, yeah, so I am Natalie, aka Nat, and I have been gaming since I was a little kid. Um, and had a little hiatus in my teenage years because, you know, teenager you have other stuff to do than play video games. Yeah. I don't know. And uh <laughs> I played I played like card games sometimes with my little brother. Anyway, <laughs> but now I play VR games, so now I'm here on this podcast mm-hmm. guesting, and it's fun. We <laughs> it is it is interesting how VR is like different enough from flat screen games that a lot of people that don't play games regularly often are hopping into VR specifically. That's so cool. So yeah, for those that have not picked up already, we are in YouTube. <laughs> we're in youtube everyone oh my gosh that was a good one we're in vr not youtube but we are i guess we're in we're we are in youtube YouTube as well we're live streaming guys um this also gets uploaded after the fact so if you want to see us in our lovely vr faces uh consider heading on over to the full dive gaming podcast youtube channel we will be running this podcast in four sections tonight. <laughs> I can't believe I said we're in YouTube. <laughs> first, <laughs> first, we have our Q&A section. That's brought to you by our Patreon and Discord communities. Second, we have the VR gaming news section. Third, we have a games we've been playing section, highlighting new VR releases or oldies and goodies or just whatever we've been personally enjoying this week. And last, we have a discussion section that changes week to week. With this week, we will be talking about is VR in 2021 more inclusive and less isolating vr as it stands just but perhaps just I, I just the way vr is you know you're you're not you don't get to see a lot of other people right you're just stuck with a physical thing on you and the idea is you're in somewhere in a totally virtual space well maybe we can have a little less than and you know have the virtual space but also still be able to interact with people that are in real life with you you know you don't have to like exclude everyone so we'll be talking about that last week though we covered sony's lack of vr right now and what it means for the industry it's an important topic consider checking that out that's episode 37 mm-hmm. and now for the q a jay you have the first one commander nexion 
who's actually been a guest, if you don't remember, he was here. Go back mm-hmm. and find him. Uh, he asks, as far as VR headsets go, built-in headstrap audio or external headphones, which mm-hmm. do you prefer and why? Personally, I mean, as long as it's at least decent audio quality, I would say headstrap audio is is always just better because you just have less wires, less to deal with, especially when you're demoing the headset to someone. It's there. It's yeah. ready. But it needs to be decent quality because the Quest 1, even the Quest 2, the built-in audio is not, in my mind, good enough. Where like the Rift CV1 or the Vive Deluxe Audio Strap were both good enough to stand on their own, and then those were great. So mm-hmm. I'd say head strap, make it, make it simpler. I like it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I forgot to mention... I just now remembered, while I still have everyone in chat here, um, we've got some important things we'll be talking about, some up, some big things we'll be bringing to the podcast pretty soon. We're going to be talking about it in After Hours. That is once the official podcast is done. We're going to be looking for some cool new positions. Um, we're, we're looking for a community manager for the podcast streams. We're looking for some Discord positions. This is very much in the works but it's something I'm just now thinking about as I'm looking at chat just flying by. I'm like, oh, man, I, I forgot how <laughs> there's enough people now that like, it, you know, it's hard to keep up with it. All right. Um, Natalie, what do you prefer for audio I, Honestly, I, I see where you're coming from with the, you know, not having to deal with wires and stuff. But I always prefer like a headset, like as in headphones. Mm-hmm. rather than not the earbud kind but the over the ears kind rather than the instrap audio because i just feel like it's usually a lot better mm-hmm. and especially like you were saying the quest one audio was terrible i could not stand it so yeah well, there's been a lot of bad examples lately too is the problem like it used to be that the ones that came with audio it was good audio but now the rift s the quest one the quest Two, all have kind of terrible onboard audio but they they leave a headphone port knowing that you're going to most likely use headphones but yeah i i totally get that i if it was good audio like the other ones i i would be okay with it but that's where we haven't gotten to play like the valve index or the hp reverb supposedly theirs is really good i need i need to get an index i've been saying it forever i just need to do it <laughs> you really do um yeah i i haven't really used too many i i I mean at trade shows i've used the ones with like the audio straps but like you're at a trade show you're like your audio quality is just you can't you can't really like get a good sense of it it's good but you you don't know really um so i i but i kind of agree with jay you know that it is such a pain to have headphones be like all right friend let's try and get this on you and then like (laughs) it takes forever um which you know as as the owners of the headsets well do you own your do you you own your own rift or quest right natalie yeah we have a we have a quest we have a whole bunch we have yeah a psvr we have had like a million headsets (laughs) that's right (laughs) um but yeah when you're when you're trying to share these things it's kind of a pain um also personally i don't like to have like big heavy uh, uh audio what are they called headsets dear um i don't like to have these like 
heavy padded headsets i mean they're not heavy but when you've already got this big old vr headset on and then you add an audio headset you're like you're covered in cushioning and you just begin to sweat mm, um true. <laughs> so especially like if you're wearing glasses it yeah. can add a lot to the discomfort too absolutely and i and i have glasses so i actually go for an earbud setup i have really nice earbuds and i use those which is sounds good fairly lightweight fairly easy to set up um they're not the kind of headphones or, or earbuds that like uh create um they don't rely on having a uh, a full seal so they just kind of sit in your ears which is really nice because that means it generally works with most people you know it's not going to be like slightly off and popping out of people's ears or whatever um they sit in pretty well they're like really high-end sports earbuds but I think I still would prefer like an index style, just a really good audio that like, yeah, you might not have like Sennheiser level, like pro audio on your ears, but it's certainly good enough to be immersive. And it's so in, in the, you know, anything that can be more comfortable in VR is a plus. Not to mention you're not having an earwax transplant every time you share the headset with, with earbuds included. <laughs> fedora dude says i usually use actual stand-up speakers when i play vr i do play with a rift s though that's a good point actually i do the same thing when i'm playing sit down games that i'm not going to be rotating too much on um like when i'm playing uh what's the game called it's like the one when you're on a spaceship on a bridge i played all battle group um when you when i'm playing battle group vr you know i'm not really going to be rotating much and even if i am the audio direction is going to be I, I'm, I'm like rotating within a spaceship. So the audio direction isn't going to change, which is really nice. Um, and that so that that like in that case, I have like my monitors and my sub, which sounds really good. But that's so few and far between where games aren't going to have you really looking around too much. Um because the moment you like turn just even 90 degrees, that audio is no longer uh, accurate in terms of direction. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Jordan just joined the chat. Jordan, we're answering your question right now. So you kind of just just go back two minutes, three minutes in the live stream and, <laughs> and start there. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, moving on. Uh, next question, if I could pull up my script, because I clicked on Steam to get the name of that game. Um, <laughs> all right. Ash asks us, um, my question to all these wonderful folks who do this podcast. Oh, thank you. Is why do you do this podcast in the first place? Um, he, he says, if I come off main, I'm sorry. I just want to know. <laughs> and we get that. Yeah. Well, so he just wants an origin story. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, we've, we've kind of talked about how the podcast has started, but I, I think this isn't necessarily a question we've answered. Like, why do this podcast? You know, we're not paid. No one's making money here. We might as well call this a nonprofit because <laughs> there is no profit. Um, you know, I mean, obviously, we have the Patreon community. We have our sponsors, but those keep the podcast running. We don't get anything in our pockets for, for this endeavor. Um, and we're a long way from that. Um, you know, if we, when we get enough money, it goes towards like equipment or whatever the case may be. It'll, yeah, very few podcasts make enough money for that to not be the case. So we're not expecting it. So why do a podcast? Uh, well, for me personally, it's I saw an opportunity to make a podcast that I didn't think 
like like I like I like a certain set of podcasts. I really like what's good gaming. That's that's really who I was like. I, you know, I listen to these guys. I want this um, or these girls. Um, I want something like that for VR. I was like, well, I'm going to listen to all the podcasts that are for VR right now. And I listen to them and there's some good ones. Um, we actually just had a host from one of the ones I really liked, which was the play PSVR. I think uh, I yep. forget what it was called. Also, they also they have play PS5, the podcast. Yeah. Right. Um, and they're really good. And there's some other really good podcasts, but I felt like there wasn't one for like that really included PC gaming and like really looked like, you know, I was like, there's an opportunity for, the podcast i want so i figured i might as well make it so i did <laughs> so that's then here we are <laughs> uh, um jay why are you here why 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 do you like to do this podcast because he's not paid either i don't pay him <laughs> i i like to be a part of anything that's a startup with vr i you know me i support vr i love vr it's pretty much my whole life at this point so I think it was a natural evolution to also move into other things outside of just my channel where this podcast is here to inform, entertain, and help spread the knowledge and joy of VR to the far corners of the earth where we are where we are getting even bigger in India and Belgium of, of all the places yeah. the podcast could go. <laughs> we're, we're one of the top five podcasts in Belgium, according to statistics. I don't know how we got that statistic, <laughs> but apparently... Hello, everyone from Belgium. Hello. <laughs> um, and then, uh, Natalie, this question is for you. She doesn't. She's she's on a quit a quest right now, so she she can't have the script pulled up. So I'm going to read this one to you. Um, Mavel seven 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 asks. This is a question specifically for you. I should clarify. Have you ever played a VR horror game? And if not, or if can you please pay? <laughs> can you please play one on Jay's channel? <laughs> <laughs> they want to see you in some uh, horror games. I, you've played horror games with him, though, right? I could have sworn you have. I I have played some horror games. I don't know, because I haven't played Phasmo with you. Um, no, because we have to have two PCs for that. Is the, yeah. Is so, because the, the ones that I remember playing were actually back, back in the day when we had our Gear VR, and I played Affected the manor uh-huh. and uh there was this one creepy like experience thing what was that one called the one with the creepy stuff at the end anyway i've definitely done a couple but they were i think the only ones i've done were on gear vr uh those were scary enough but i i would definitely be down for playing a horror game on jay's channel and it should be pretty funny because I'll probably be yelling and screaming the whole time. And <laughs> yeah, maybe <laughs> I don't. You get you get you more used to them. Actually, with the first time I played Affected on Gear VR, I couldn't even get through it. Uh, <laughs> she played more of it than I did back then, and now I play games and I still scream, but I do it. So <laughs> I think I will definitely have to do it. We'll do some. Some mm-hmm. my wife's first time playing a horror game. No, I'm not, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna, oh, title, yeah. I'm not gonna title it that crap. But we'll do something. We'll do something. That That'll could be, be the fun. joke title, and then you can change it later. <laughs> but then, it, then when it gets a million views in a day, then no one ever changes it, and then you just become a clickbait channel. I will not. I will not take that risk. We'll we'll make it happen for you, Mavel. 
<laughs> right. Yeah, we got one more question here from Haxis3 asking, where did the idea of VR come from before those sci-fi novels? Now, there's a lot of possibility, possible answers to this question because it's not really heavily known. But what I will tell you is one thing that goes extremely far back that people kind of see as like the first VR headset is there are these little goggles and it has lenses and you put a picture in it and it's two of almost the same picture and it turns into a little three-dimensional picture. And these Things go- are cool. Yeah, they date way back. And I think the reason that we see these and the reason that people strive for VR for as much as they have is because pictures, TV, movies, it's all cool, but it's all two dimensional. Like we see life in 3D. People want to experience 3D. They want to experience real life, like actually being immersed in the things they're looking at. So, I mean, I don't I can't tell you a date of where VR came from because there's so many different things. But I definitely think it's just the nature of like we see the world like this. We want to experience something just like this. And that's, Mm -hmm. I'm sure, been in everyone's imaginations for as long as time has existed. But hey, now we're actually making out. We are in the time when it's happening. It's pretty cool. (laughs) We live in the future. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I imagine, you know, just just the name itself, virtual reality. Well, virtual sort of incorporates this idea of using technology to accomplish it um so the 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 idea so it's it's hard to put a finger on like did vr come before sci-fi novels well not sci-fi novels came before most technology (laughs) so how far back do you want to go you know we're not historians we just play vr um (laughs) so it's it's but it's a good question all right. With that, we're gonna wrap up the Q and A. Yeah, up. Oh my goodness, I just <laughs> cannot. Just, just take over, Jay. I can't do it. <laughs> we're, gonna, we're gonna move into the news section and tell you what's going on in VR this week. But first, we're gonna tell you about our great friends at Asterion and their amazing mm-hmm. VR headstand. Get those mugs out of there, now. Natalie. What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> If you're watching the live stream, we actually have a virtual representation of the Asterian Aura headstand. Ah, you I can, see. You can fit any virtual headset on. You can put any real headset on a real one. Any virtual any headset virtual on this headset. one. <laughs> it's got RGB lighting. It's sleek. It's minimalistic. It's gorgeous. It's got a USB port in the side. So when you go to put your VR headset on, you can pop your phone on there and have that thing charging while you're in VR. Come out and get right back to texting. It's it's great. <laughs> you can get one from AsterianProducts.com. Use our code Full Dive. It's one word, Full Dive. Get five dollars off any order, nineteen ninety nine or more. Boom shakalaka, Ooh. and it yeah. lights up gorgeous colors even in VR. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. so cool. Yeah, we got we have an example here in uh, virtual reality for those watching the live stream. It's so pretty cool. cool. It's not like perfectly accurate. Honestly, it would be more accurate to have less of like the. It, it kind of just lights up the area when in reality the color should be like in the stand itself, yeah. you know, like a like a cool lit up piece of glass. But oh well, <laughs> it's close. Yeah. It's close. <laughs> so with all that, we have some we have some pretty breaking news. How many of you here have heard or seen a clickbait? Speaking of thumbnail title, it <laughs> says the Quest Three is already here. Me. Yeah, it's been it's been all over YouTube. Well, the news as it actually is, is Zuckerberg was quoted saying we're continuing to work on new hardware as well. The New hardware will fit the same platform. So the content that works on Quest 2 should be forward compatible. So that we're going to build one larger install base around the virtual reality headsets that we have. And that's led to wild speculation that they're they're already working on the Quest 3, that this is what the Quest 3 is going to be. Really? 
the information we have is that they're working on it. We don't know when, we don't know what price, we don't know any specs. All we know is that, well, obviously, they're making tons of money off the Quest 2. Why wouldn't they already be working on the next one? Because the Quest 2 is done. And, that, and a lot of people think, wait, why would they be working on it? Well, the Quest 2 is out. It's for sale. They're not going to continue working on it now. It's, it's out in the world. It's time to move on to what's next. What do you guys want to see in a Quest 3? Better strap. <laughs> oh. <laughs> that's yeah, the big one for me seriously um, um i would also really love if if they can find a way to incorporate the ability to have inside out tracking or sensor tracking in the style of the original rift or index or whatever if they can find a way to really allow you to do both that'd be awesome because, you know, there's always going to be flaws when it comes to this inside-out tracking. Yeah. We're not there. It's it's not flawless. And when you're playing games that really require precision, of which I play many of those, you you notice it. You just, like, if you, like, really look closely at your hand, you'll see it's, like, just vibrating a ton. And it's like, that's not supposed to be happening. Um, and, and, but it's not, like, usual handshakiness. It's, it's, it's a little weird. Um and when you're like, if you're playing, say, a shooter and you need to like shoot someone at like 500 meters away, that thing's got to be pretty stable, um, especially. And I use like a VR stock, so it's even more stable. And the, the right now, the Oculus headsets just straight up lose tracking once the once the controllers aren't moving enough. Um, so there's all sorts of issues. like and then when they get close, if you're playing a bow and arrow game, they lose tracking. So some way to for those that want that upgraded experience we saw we, we see oculus kind of trying this you know the the quest 2 released with like you can get the better headset stand or, or strap and like all these other ways to upgrade your quest well i really like that because that i think that's kind of a there's a lot of opportunity there to really allow them to release a quest 3 that allows people to buy in at just like 200 dollars, but then go up a price if they want to have the quality that the oculus systems have but a little bit more options in terms of a better VR experience. I, I took a while on that. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think now? Cause you're wearing a quest two right now. What do you think a quest three should be? Honestly, I wish they would just do a halo strap. Yeah. Uh, even like, I know they have, someone has one, but like <sighs> even the upgraded strap is just not comfortable. It's like, squishing to my face which i freaking hate gives you terrible vr face and mm -hmm. uh, halo straps are just so much better um other than that i don't know it's it's actually pretty good how it is i mean i guess there's all kinds of things they could yeah upgrade on there um, full body not, tracking orange not dumbs from live chat says they should make a knuckles type controller and i have to say i agree with that He's talking about the index knuckles, yeah. which allow you to like all the trackers. Yeah, that's pretty sweet. Yeah, that would be nice. This is where I'm gonna I'm gonna take everything and just throw it out the window here. I I feel like what everyone I've seen in videos and stuff is talking. They're talking about what I would feel like is just a Quest Two Pro if they made one, a better head strap, better even better resolution. Like I want to see some innovation. Maybe I'm shooting for the stars here, but when you take a Quest One and a Quest Two, it doesn't really feel like a generational difference. 
There's some minor improvements, some little things, but it does not feel like a next-gen piece of tech side-by-side. Side. A Quest 3, I want to see maybe something even cooler than Knuckles-type controllers. I want to see maybe some sort of eye tracking, maybe some sort of emotional input tracking, maybe something that isn't, like, just already out there. And I and I want to see it, hopefully, close to the same price point, maybe even a little more. They can't really get much cheaper than 300 bucks, I, I would imagine. But I'm hoping if they drop a Quest 3 and it's got a better head strap and it's got a better screen and it's got slightly redesigned controllers, I'm not going to buy it. I already had the Quest 1. I already had the Quest 2. I'm not buying a Quest 3 if it's just minor upgrades. They got to wow me because I'm getting kind of sick of this 18-month sudden turnaround thing they're doing yeah. with a headset that's only slightly improved. Give us something way better. Give us something that's showing the future of VR instead of just kind of improving in some areas and dumbing it down in others. Come on, I just, Oculus. I yeah. know. I I just feel like the Oculus is not going to be where it's at for new innovative tech for VR. That honestly, is the saddest. How they've been going. That is the saddest mm -hmm. sentence I've ever heard. Yeah. It's true, but <laughs> but like think about that sentence from what Oculus was in the beginning and what yep. they came from like it's so this sad. is corporatized destruction of a brand that could have been so much more. <sighs> why yeah. Facebook why? <laughs> we know why <laughs> <laughs> all right i'm gonna move us on to the next one so do you do you so. also do you have both of these wait oh news piece two is listed twice <laughs> in the script Ooh, uh -oh. double. Uh, okay okay so the second one's supposed to be three we don't we didn't accidentally put in six here all right um so <laughs> the first news piece too <laughs> so this one i'm actually excited for which is unusual um for this genre uh, not new vr games so we've seen a little bit from a new uh developer uh if i can get the developer's name here land so the game is land of amara from paw stamp studio and it's it's a it's it's a farming vr game you know think uh. think uh, a stardew valley right like a calming just make your crops make your farm have just enjoy yourself you know you don't you don't need some high octane thing and so this is a quote from the developer and i, I like i i vibe with what he's saying i realized again verbatim i realized there are only a few my goodness <laughs> i'm getting these notifications verbatim. because my my left touch controller is getting low on battery and i'm like starting to freak out about it oh, no. um yeah you never know with this thing i realized there are only a few vr games where you can just sit in your chair and chill while playing he said imagine a game like stardew valley you sometimes play for hours in a row and you have to um is this just like the Something's weird with this quote. <laughs> <laughs> I'm realizing it's not just me. <laughs> um, uh, oh, so imagine this game like Stardew Valley, but you had to like move in person to like do all like the farm work, right? It would be very exhausting. You should be able to just play the game without doing anything physically. Just sit in your chair, press one button again and again, and just go into AFK mode. Well, I don't necessarily want to press the same button over and over again. <laughs> I do like the idea of just kind of like you don't have to get up and move around. You can just kind of sit in your chair, play with your small farm or what. I don't know if, how he's doing it, whether it's like a small farm that or like if you're just floating really up uh, high up and like 
from a distance making things happen. I don't know how he's going to do it, but the, the idea is that in this game, you're going to be able to move between first and third person. Um, the first person with like typical physics based controls. Um, and then you can swap to third person where you can use um, but more like Stardew Valley style where you're like, um, I don't know, inter- interacting with the world in very game, typical gamey manners as opposed to VR manners. And this sounds pretty cool. I, I like this. There's not a lot of games right now in VR that I can just kind of sit down and play with. Most of them are like simulators are fishing. kind of. and yeah. What? Fishing, fishing. simulator. Yeah. Fishing yeah. simulator. What do you guys think? Does this sound interesting to you guys? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> I like to did, play games that are fun. Well, okay. Did you play? <laughs> did you play Stardew Valley? No. Did you play Animal Crossing? Oh no. <laughs> no. Okay. <laughs> she That's likes not my kind of game. She likes like objective, get direct based oh, games yeah. like, like Mario okay. or Donkey Otherwise, Kong, where it's you know where yeah. you're going, you know what you're trying to do, and you're going. For Otherwise, that. why? What is the point? <laughs> I don't care about this. I, I mean, don't want to just sit here. I can you just might sit be here right. Myself. But a lot of people like these kinds of games. <laughs> um, and we don't have a lot of that in VR right now. So I could see this being pretty cool. I, I, I remember to hear about something oh, that's a little different. That's yeah. nice. Yeah, exactly. I'm excited it's something different. I don't know if it's for me. The problem is, I you know me, I love VR. But it is a bit of a hassle to get into it. You get your headset on. You got to get it loaded up. So when I'm getting into VR, I got to be I got to be going for something that's going to kind of wow me. I'm in it right. for something fun and cool. It doesn't have to be like a shooter game. Like it could be I could be watching a good music video or something like there can be things to do that. I don't have to do a lot that are cool, but I'm not really looking to just sit and chill. I mean, if I'm going to do that, I'm probably going to sit half asleep on the couch and stare at the TV watching Netflix. <laughs> I'm not going to do it in a VR headset yet until the VR headsets are a little less cumbersome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if they keep making headsets like the Quest 2 that are not comfortable out of the box, we're not going to get there. We need some more comfortable headsets. That's another conversation. I'm not going to get off track here, but <laughs> it, it's VR still takes some effort. If it's going to take some effort, I'm not going to do some some game that's just chilling. <laughs> I'm not going to go to all this work to put on this headset just to chill. Yeah, I definitely see what you mean. I think I think the like the prime way I can see myself playing this is if I'm like doing some work in VR, right? I've talked to, I do that occasionally where I'll just be chilling in like a cool VR landscape or whatever and like doing work. Um well, now I can kind of do that. Well, like I I can have my little procrastination moments where I'm working and then like I'll like kind of do some things on my farm, go back to work, do some things on my farm, go I back see to work. That. Yeah. I think that's about the only thing I can see, though. So we'll see. We look forward to seeing the game. Yes. All right. Moving on. Jay, you got the next one. This is kind of a big deal. So Oculus, you know about them. They're they're owned by Facebook, and they like to make things as exclusive as possible. Well, up until this point, if you've owned a Quest and you want to sideload is what it's called, some games that are in testing, development, you got to hook it up to your PC, you got to put the files on there, and then you can play other games that aren't officially supported on the Oculus Store. Now Oculus has launched the Oculus Quest App Lab. This is going to be with the Update 25, and this is going to make it you able to sideload games directly. No more side. You're going to load them directly to the Quest from inside it or from your phone 
no PC necessary to do it. So this, they still need to meet Oculus approval, but the requirements are lower. Obviously, people can't just make some crap like you might find on Steam and you just put it on. It's got, it's got to have some more approval than that still. But this is pretty exciting. This means developers can get their games out there tested sooner and faster. Uh, it's being rolled out, so not everyone has this update yet. But already, there's there's stuff that's free. There's stuff that's as much as $20 on there. So this isn't just crap demos like crisis brigade 2 a very fully fleshed game is on there for 20 bucks baby hands if you remember that game when like jacksepticeye and then we're all playing it is on there 20 bucks uh so what do you think they're finally opening the platform up at least a little bit and being a little more friendly so i think that's good news that's nice i'm surprised <laughs> <laughs> i i I almost don't like hearing it because I love to hate them so much. Not <laughs> Oculus, but Facebook. <laughs> but that is nice that they're doing that. And it's nice mm-hmm. to open it up more for developers, make it easier. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm excited because I'll be honest with you. I barely ever side quest because it's just that much more. It's that much more effort I got to go through to play something. Uh so I'm excited to see how much this goes, how much this lets out, how much I, I doubt we're going to see, like we were just talking on the last podcast uh, about like Doom 3 and you can side quest it and play it in VR. I kind of doubt we're going to see something like that because, you know, it may or may not be completely legit. I, maybe it will be because you had to own the game to do it, but I don't know if we'll see stuff like down there, but I'm hoping so. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> hmm. 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 I, I like this is like one of those things where I'm like, oh, I wish that side quests inside all these things was better imp- or just generally implemented for PC VR. I want I want some of those sweet side quest games. <laughs> <sighs> just makes me sad. Just makes me sad. So sad. This is really cool, though. Um, it it'll be I, I can't imagine, you know, a lot of those cool side quest apps are clearly like illegal, right? <laughs> <laughs> Like they're they're like you know emulators or they're using IP like there's a lot of like a lot of the popular ones are like Doom for example there's a lot of side quest games that allow you to play the original Dooms in VR and stuff like that and I oh the hand is gone oh your hands disappeared earlier and then reappeared uh, yeah he's, he's still got one though <laughs> okay you only it's need dead. one hand it's fine I only need one hand. Well, I'll make do. <laughs> you might get you might have a hard time scroll. You'll figure it out. You you know how computers work. Well, and and like some of them, some of the side quest dooms, you have to own the game. So there's some legitimacy, but then there's other things on side quests that you don't have to own anything and you can just put stuff on there. So yeah. I'm with mm-hmm. you there. I'm with you there, Rip. Yeah. We'll we'll see how many of these side quest games actually end up on this what what are they calling it? Uh, Oculus the... Quest App Labs, yeah. I think. Yeah, it's kind of wordy. It's kind of wordy and awful. It's a little wordy. App Lab is, is, I think, their shorthand for it, which isn't so bad, I guess. I mean, compared to Side Quest, which is, I think, much neater. Anyway, yeah, we'll we'll see. Um, they have a list of games that are available, um, and I mean, these, you know, some of these are not terrible. We got Crisis Brigade, which, you know. I'd, I'd give like a six out of 10, maybe. <laughs> um, but not like a, not a lot of big ones. I don't know. This this is a little gimmicky right now. We'll see how it plays out. <laughs> All right. Next news piece. Um, 
So React Performance Trainer is a new um, or an upcoming, I should say, sort of. I'm not going to say it's a game. It's more of a. I guess it's a game. It's 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 a trainer, right? But it's in VR. So um, perhaps you guys have seen a lot of like people in professional sports, uh, really in all sorts of sports applications, have all these intricate like devices to kind of increase their their uh, reaction times. Um, the 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 big one that I see in a, in a lot of sports is like they have a wall and it's got all these buttons on it that light up and they have to press the button when it lights up. So they'll stand next to the wall and just keep hitting the wall whenever the thing lights up. And that increases their reaction time. It gives them a workout and it's pretty common to use. And I think this is kind of going for that. So they're releasing... It, it, it's a virtual mental skill system, according to the developer. Um, util, uh, utilizes a combination of visual concentration and athletic awareness to increase your decision-making, hand-eye coordination, and reaction time. I need that. <laughs> right? I know. Like, honestly, it sounds kind of cool. I could see myself using this, um, even though I don't do a lot of sports. <laughs> I feel like I would definitely use it because I even had an app on my phone at one point that was, it wasn't quite that. It wasn't like for necessarily reflex time and mm-hmm. all that stuff, but it was like supposed to be helping, you know, with memory and things like that. Was so, it Elevate? I, it was something like that. I don't think okay. it was quite that, but it was something like that. And I think it was called like Neuro something, mm-hmm. but um, I think that kind of stuff is so cool that because we have all these ways to like improve your, you know, physical fitness and stuff, but improving like your mental fitness, you know, mm-hmm. is a little bit more difficult. So right. I would definitely be interested in something like that. That'd be really cool. Yeah. Jay, what do you think? I, I mean, I've, I think I have some of this. I have this thing where people touch me on the shoulder. And I just elbow them in the face. Like it's just automatic, <laughs> automatic reactions. So right. I think I think that's pretty cool. I definitely would play around with it and see what it does. I don't know where in my life this could help me, but like, hey, I'd give so it you a can try. Hit them faster. Yep, even faster. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm like, I don't know if it's gonna prevent you from from hitting people. Yeah, but... I'm gonna be more preemptive. <laughs> They're not even gonna touch my shoulder. It's gonna happen. <laughs> I'm ready. I definitely need uh, some help with reaction time. So, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. This this could be very useful. Um, and and I know sports. Uh, a, a lot of um sports teams like to use like all sorts of new tech when it comes to these things. So if if this is good tech, who knows? We might see some use. Yeah, I wonder if it would be helpful for like musicians too, because that's a good question. Um. It would probably depend. Well, okay, for the brain increase, I mean, there's sort of like, well, if you're spending your time doing that, why aren't you just playing an instrument? Um, True. Right. Good. <laughs> <laughs> um, whereas, like, if it's like uh, the if you're playing, if it's like football, or if it's or if it's like uh, for people who do um, driving, that's that's the big one where I know about this is like a lot of rally and uh, rally cross and formula one stuff like that they often do these kinds of things because you can't always just you can't just be like all right guys it's time to practice and you take your formula one car out in the morning <laughs> <laughs> and take, 
<laughs> right, Time yeah, for but, you know, driving practice. <laughs> exactly. Uh, um so it it definitely um you you've got different applications for this thing and and for a lot of sports where you can't just go out and do your sport whenever you want. Uh, this is kind of for that. Nice. Pretty cool. Um yeah, it's pretty cool. All right, Jay, you got our last news piece. So Servios, if you don't, if you recognize the name, you're like, who's that? Servios is a developer. They made a lot of VR games such as Creed, Sprint Vector, Westworld Awakening, Walking Dead Onslaught. Uh, <laughs> they have said that they're actually betting big on PSVR too. Uh, mm. uh, they they want to see what PSVR 2 can bring to development as opposed to the Quest 2. He was quoted saying, we're making some inroads now. Quest and Quest 2 has given greater freedom of movement, but the economics of innovation there are interesting in that being untethered means graphically we're sort of at that PS2 stage of visual fidelity. And with PSVR, we're hoping it's going to push it up into PS3, PS4 fidelity, which... Mm. That gets me excited in the hopes because I, I understand what they're saying. He's basically saying like, hey, having to be wireless means we're kind of have nerf technology. The, they're using a, basically a phone processor inside the Quest. And so we're still kind of back in the PS2 days with how things look in games. And so they're hoping with something tethered, something like PSVR 2, we can finally see some like PS3, PS4 games out there. I'm excited about that. I'm excited that Servios is saying this because I hope they have some sort of inside track. But he also mm-hmm. really wants to see things that he's, we've seen in the patents from PSVR, like the full finger tracking, but also like the intense haptics and like the DualSense uh, adaptive triggers. And I, I'll tell you, playing with the DualSense, the first thing you think is, this doesn't really make sense on a console and feels kind of gimmicky, but if this was in VR, it'd be perfect. Yep, yep. I would love, so true. I would love to see that make it into VR immediately because having a trigger that like stops when you when your when your VR finger hits the trigger, you suddenly feel a resistance of that physical trigger on the gun, and then you feel pulling the gun trigger. That would feel so cool. It feels so much better than these. These don't feel like a gun. If if there was a gun <laughs> with a trigger like this, everybody would be getting shot by it on accident. <laughs> this is way too dangerous of a trigger pull. Uh-huh. Having some resistance in there, feeling feeling that thing lock up before the the pin drops, I would love it. That'd be a next step in some realism. Mm-hmm. I feel like PlayStation has done such a good job with haptic or haptic like things. Like yeah, you know they had their um the pulse pulse elite headphones, and that was like way back in the day. And um, even just like the DualShock controllers and that kind of stuff adds so much to VR, so much the immersion. So, ah, I really mm-hmm. want, I really want them to say more or you know say something about what they're planning if they're planning. Yeah. I mean, I know they've said you know eventually whatever about new VR stuff for PlayStation, but I want to know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's hard to say from this comment whether or not he like knows if there's a psvr2 in fact i'd kind of err on the side of uh, are neither of my controllers working what the heck happened here they said they were like full <gasps> oh no a minute ago <laughs> you don't, i don't have any controllers you now. Don't need okay hands. that's that's cool <laughs> <laughs> just move your head around thank, a lot thank goodness we're in rec room because uh um uh oh what's it vr chat VR chat would just straight up kick me out at this point. <laughs> <laughs> Rec room's so inclusive. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, so to me, it doesn't... Cool, now I can just kind of, like, sit back and, like, cross my arms and do whatever I want with Woo. my hands. Get comfy. <laughs> so, this is... I'm going to err on the side of it doesn't sound like he knows anything about a PSVR 2. I don't think it, he does. I think he's kind of saying this, hoping it has an impact. Prodding, <laughs> him, therefore, into, prodding him into yeah, plays, yeah. Yeah, that's what this really sounds like. Because... Um, if he I, I think I think we'd probably just see a new game taking advantage of these if if what he's talking about was true and like confirmed, um, you know, the uh, developers really hold their cards close to their hands unless they're trying to hype up a product. And since he's not talking about a product here, he's just kind of wishing about something and letting people know. I don't I don't think he knows about a PSVR 2. We'll sad. see. Very sad. So sad. Wait, we actually had someone ask here in chat, is there going to be a PlayStation VR 2? Um, which is kind of relevant to this. We actually talked about this in depth. Last podcast? Last podcast. Was the last right? podcast? I with, feel like I Alex, remembered right? it from a while ago. Yeah. Or, or we yeah. Talked, I feel like we've talked about it several times. There was the yeah. time that the comments came up, which was a couple of podcasts ago. And then last time we talked about the PSVR 2 possibility pretty heavily with Alex because he's from Play PSVR the podcast. Right. Yeah. So we've been dancing around this for a month now, at least, though. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's been on everyone's minds. Say something, PlayStation. Give us a sign. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. I'm going to move us on into the games section. Woo. Mm -hmm. so this one so this isn't necessarily new games um we've only got one game this week because i've got a new puppy and he takes up all of my time Aww. and if i try and put on a vr headset while taking care of a new puppy that's a little dangerous <laughs> um <laughs> so um i'm barely able to get the podcast in so um hopefully next week i'll be able to play a new game but nat jay this week you guys played mist it, yes. wasn't this already out or am i just confused it came out it's, in december so yeah. it hasn't been out for that long it's pretty but new. we okay. got it and then i hadn't played it like at all <laughs> so we finally <laughs> got around to playing it right. uh now why don't you tell your thoughts first well what is the game what is the okay, game yeah. about tell tell people what it is in case they don't know mm, i don't know if i'm the best to be the one to say what the game is about. If you if got you this, Natalie. Go for it. It is a puzzle game, and you say more things. Uh, so oh. if you were if you were alive or around in 1993, you might remember the game Mist on you PC. Alive. You might remember the game Mist. It was a pretty innovative puzzle game, but it was all click and point. You just you just saw a screen, and there was different things you could click on, and there'd be puzzles that you had to solve, and then it would unlock more of the mystery of how, why you're on this island, what's going on, but it was all point and click. Now, they fully redesigned the game for the Oculus Quest, but the thing that I thought they were going to keep was point and click because in VR, a lot of people do that. No, we're talking full locomotion, mm -hmm. grabbing switches and dials and things and, and figuring it out. That's your basic premise of the game. So, Natalie, what was the game like for you? Uh, it was really cool because I actually played this as a kid. Um, actually, oh. I should say it was more like my sister played it and I watched. <laughs> but um, I felt like I was playing it. Mm -hmm. um i was too young it was a, a part of your childhood it was it really was and i remember it being so 
cool. Like I would go and watch my sister play it and be so interested. Like, Oh, what's going on? It's so mysterious. And I was so excited to hear that it was coming out in VR and then to see it, it was like just what I remembered, but like you're actually walking around, which is really cool because I even remember as a kid and, you know, seeing it on the computer, being pretty immersed in it because it's so like the story is so good and it is so mysterious and stuff. You kind of get really into it. Uh, but it was really cool to actually be walking around and it has like it had the music before, but it's cool to like hear the music all around you. It really adds to the mystery and it's kind of creepy. Like in some places that you go on the island, there's some the music gets kind of creepy and it's like, ooh. But I had a I had a really good time playing it. I am I really enjoy puzzle games, but I'm not very good at them. So the one thing about it that was hard for me was the nostalgia of playing it. I kept thinking about when I used to play it or, you know, watch my sister play it. And I think that I tried to play it sometimes or I would be like, oh, try this, try that. But you can't do that as much. We did set it up when Jay played it um, to where we could see it on the TV, but you know, you kind of have to set it up that way. So it was kind of hard for me when I started playing it. We didn't do that. So I was kind of on my own and it was like, I don't know what to do. And I want to talk through stuff with someone else and see if I can figure it out. So how did you like it not having the nostalgia of the 90s computer game? Well, I actually had a little bit of nostalgia, so I think I played this a little later. I didn't play much, but I think it came with one of our computers or came with the demo. Because I remember the images and, like, the clicking and the not knowing what the heck was going on. But Myst, it's kind of funny. It's it's spelled M-Y-S-T, like mystery. So that's kind of a play on the title. Because oh. <laughs> it is a <laughs> mysterious puzzle game. But I will say, immediately, the moment you get in the game, if you ever played it, if you ever saw it, like the, the scenes are so iconic. That oh, you yeah. just You just feel like, wow, this is it. Like you're in yeah. there exactly. It almost felt wrong to be able to walk around in it to me because I was like, <laughs> no, you're supposed to click and then teleport wow. there. Uh it's it is pretty it's very pretty it's a quest exclusive so the graphics aren't amazing but they did a great job of making them really immersive um it does unless you're willing to spend time reading and learning the lore of this in game you're gonna kind of feel like you're just doing puzzles for the sake of puzzles though like there is puzzles everywhere they relate to other puzzles throughout you're doing all these crazy things you like there won't be any spoilers here, but like one puzzle, you'll have to go get data from one place and then go put it in somewhere else. And you try and like take a screenshot and the developer has disabled screenshotting in this game. I thought that was pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. So you really because have to like figure out a way. One, I remember my sister having like a notebook and like writing stuff down on the notebook. And that's yeah. part of the fun. That is part Although of the problem. Although in VR, it's a little difficult. Yeah. You can't you have a headset on. your notebook. <laughs> So I they, think it, they don't give you anything in VR to be able to like organize your thoughts. It, no, it didn't that seem like it. Nice. <laughs> yeah, that, that seems like it would have been 
pretty useful for a full-on puzzle game. That's what I was going to bring up. Like, there should be something, even if it's just something you can, like, scribble in. It'd be kind of nice, because I tried every button to make sure that I was like, is there something I'm missing here? So it actually, I got to, like, one point, and I, like, flipped my headset up and took my phone and took a picture of my TV that it was projecting <laughs> to so that I could remember. Because, I mean, it was a full date and time that you had to remember. Like, it's, Oof. yeah, it's pretty intense in that way. So, mm-hmm. But there's books hmm. in it. You flip the pages in the book. You're reading through this journal. And so, like, you're learning a lot. There's a lot to it. But if you're not going to get into the story, you might not enjoy this game. Because if you're not, it's just puzzles for the sake of puzzles. you got to get into the lore. you got to oh, try yeah. and figure out the mystery that's going on. Because beyond those two dynamics, the puzzles and the mystery, that's pretty much the whole game. There's no, as far as I know, there's no action. It's a walking simulator. You can run. But, like, there's no more mm-hmm. interest beyond those two things. So you have to care about those if you're going to play this game. But man, I think that's part of why I like it so much because even in it, there's like, you know, you read through stuff and I love reading. So I think that's pretty cool. And like you, you know, you're going through it and you're getting all these little tidbits of information and it's, mm. it really draws you in. It's really cool. Gotcha. Although so, when I was playing it, I read like two pages out of like a few of these different books that were there, and I didn't realize you could turn the pages. Oh my god! So there was like a whole bunch more that I should have read. Uh huh. That's funny. And they I don't, was. They don't try to make it terribly obvious though. So one thing that's kind of weird about the game, like when you reach your hand over on the other page, it's not like your hand changes or the page highlights. Like you have to grab it. And even then, it's not obvious still, unless you've got the right part of it, that you're then going to turn the page because then your hand disappears and turns into this little ball. And that's what turns the page. (laughs) So like some of the things, it's like the ladders in the game, too, that you climb these ladders. It's not super clear how to do it. You kind of have to figure it out a little bit. So if this was Uh your first ever VR game, it it would feel a little unintuitive. You have to have some literacy. Yes, literacy. I was thinking that because... Um, when I had played it first and then when you played it, there were a couple things that happened for you that you just like did it. And I was like, oh, geez, I had no idea like the turning the pages. And I was thinking of Adam because he had talked uh, before in the podcast about game literacy. And so I was like, I'm super smart now because Adam mentioned game literacy and now I know game literacy. So I can talk <laughs> about how I did not have enough game literacy. <laughs> for this game yeah a lot of games just kind of assume especially in vr that that people will just know all these things from their time playing flat screen games or just a ton of time playing vr games yeah you know it's it's an important thing to take into account there's a reason good ui is you know there's a lot of money can be spent on good ui and usually it's worth it so i have some questions for you guys so first off would you say this game is more akin to like a puzzle room or like 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 an escape room or is it more of like a is it closer to like in a like a detective game where like there's a puzzle but it's a little bit more involved with like figuring out a a mind puzzle as opposed to a physical puzzle I feel like it's a pretty good blend of both okay because it's it's kind of like you have to figure out all this stuff to, um, you know, even figure out what you're doing. But it's also like you have to learn stuff. And there's also like physical puzzles that you have to do. What do mm-hmm. you, 
you're going to struggle to figure out wh- how the puzzles work and what they mean without reading the literature. So okay. it, it you do have to. It's not like it says in the literature. And then I've read this thing and it says exactly what to do. It's not like that. But you're going to have to kind of draw on what you're reading to, to realize, OK, that's what I should be doing, because this thing does not hold your hand like you're oh, on no. this island and you have no idea what you're supposed to do. There's switches and everywhere and they're not working at all. Like you have to just figure it out. <laughs> I was almost kind of hoping or wishing that there was like a like a voice in your head you know like the character saying like oh now i am here and i just showed up here and i was just (laughs) somewhere else you know so you have a little bit of context because i'm like Uh am i supposed to have amnesia and i have no idea what's going on Mm -hmm. or (laughs) you just gotta role play it yeah (laughs) (laughs) um so i guess on uh, on a related note do you guys think so you, you you mentioned that like it's got the story and then it's got the puzzle parts. Would you say that you're it does a good job of incorporating the two in a way that you sort of you kind of have to begin to understand and make your way through the story and the lore of like what's happening in order to progress through the puzzle? So does it good, do a good job of making those gameplay elements intertwined or are they more separate? I think for me, I think. <sighs> stuff comes very easily to Jay sometimes and not necessarily (laughs) always for me because I had a little bit of a hard time because I kind of like Jay was saying earlier for me, I'm very like goal oriented. Like I want to go do this thing and then go to this thing and then go to that thing. And Mm -hmm. so I, I felt like I kind of, it took me a little bit longer to get to figuring stuff out because I was trying to be like, okay, I'm doing this one task. And so it made me miss some things that I needed to figure out to like get to the next thing. So I think, I think it might kind of depend on how your brain works. It might work well for some people, but for me, it was a little difficult because no. Yeah. Because it's like, I wanted to just do this one thing and you have to kind of take in lots of stuff. Right. I mean, I'm so surprised they don't include it. I mean, I'd probably be with you, uh, Nat. I, I mean, I just have terrible short-term memory. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> trying, trying to remember all this information, I like it almost scares me away from the game a little bit, hearing that you can't save information like that. Because there's no way right. I can barely remember four numbers for like longer than 10 seconds, let alone right. it. <laughs> what you what jay was talking about so it's interesting that they don't allow screenshots but then don't have an alternate way in the game that's like clever to like let you write things down or yeah. whatever the case may be you know it's vr you can have a virtual notepad i right. think it's a I true know, tribute nice. to the original mist yeah because that yeah. game was known to be like hard yep and yep. you had to really like try to figure out what was going on, what you were doing. It is definitely trying to stay true to that because it's the the thing about you ask the question, do they blend or do, are they separate? If you are the average person, you're going to have to see both sides of it to get through this game. Uh, the only way, if you were a person who played every puzzle game, you play all this different, you just, you're just puzzle oriented, you might be able to just go through the puzzles and just play. But otherwise, mm-hmm. you, you need to have some basic understanding of what's happening on the island to kind of get it together and get through it. So most people but are going to have that. But that also means the game might take a half the time for someone who's really good at puzzles or it could take four times for someone who 
who has never done a puzzle. Like there could be a lot of legs to the game, but it could just get really frustrating too if you're not really into that. You've yeah, got to like puzzle games. I definitely remember that too in the first one. It was like super difficult. And sometimes we would like go through and get nowhere because it was like, I have no idea. But mm-hmm. that is kind of cool that they 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 definitely kept the feel um and everything from the original, which is which is cool. But yeah, it can be. That's why I like having someone else with me to kind of you know talk through stuff and be like oh i think what about this and what about that instead of i definitely did not i still had fun playing it all Mm. by myself but i definitely think it's more fun if you have someone else that you can kind of bounce ideas off of because i could see that yeah especially that also helps you kind of remember stuff maybe if you have someone else (laughs) they can write down notes in a notebook (laughs) (laughs) that that could help and and not only that but like I was I was standing playing this and I found this spot. There's four books. I grabbed one of them. And I ended up pulling up a stool because it was like over 20 pages of virtual pages that I read in this one book. And oh, I didn't wow. even touch you. Like, you've got to be invested in the story here. Otherwise, you're just going to get bored out of your mind and quit. <laughs> Sounds like a lot but of investment. But it's a cool story. Okay. It's a fun story. It is. It's it worth it. It's intriguing enough if you're into being intrigued that you probably would stick with it, but you got to be someone who's willing to put in that time. Yeah. Ah. True. Okay. Okay. All right. I'm going to move us on. And I need to do this with my mouse since my controllers are dead. All right. <laughs> Whee! <laughs> um, <laughs> so, um, let's see. So, We'll be ending things with our discussion section as usual for this week's discussion. Oh, wait, first, we got to tell you, I point with my hands and make hand gestures, but I have no hands right now. Um, (laughs) 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 Thank you, Jay. (laughs) So this week's discussion section is brought to you by Asterion. You guys know them for those that have been around. Um, Asterion offers high quality universal VR headset stands. These things have RGB lighting. They're super sleek. They're minimalistic. We've got a little example here in uh in the live stream in vr it's in a little YouTube. oversized and by that i mean it's like four times the size of the real thing here <laughs> but but uh it gives you the general idea it's super cool again works with any vr headset we love these things jay has like 10 of them um to everyone we've given or not given to everyone that's picked these things up based on our recommendation just just loves these headsets they're good they're good headset stands guys Get your awesome. headset. They're awesome. Get your headset out of its box and onto one of these beautiful little pieces. Yes. <laughs> so you can pick yours up for $5 off by going to www.asterianproducts.com. Plug in the code FULLDIVE, F-U-L-L-D-E-I-V-E, and you will get $5 off any order, $19.99 or more. Wow. That's mm-hmm. a great deal. <laughs> usually natalie's like doing exactly what she's doing now but in the chat <laughs> it's great to have the audio i need i need to just natalie i need to just like go back we'll take these little snippets of the podcast and just yes. <laughs> have just it, it have a little soundboard oh, ready for all of natalie's comments <laughs> get a stream deck 19.99 Boop, that's a great price <laughs> See how quick people get sick of it. (laughs) Oh, they never would. Um, (laughs) So for this week's discussion section, we are talking about VR being inclusive. Um, 
so it's it's this is this is an interesting topic. Natalie, you're the one that suggested it, so I'm gonna put you on the spot here. What do you mean by this? So I kind of it was also a couple things. So it was like inclusive slash I guess what I was trying to capture is have we gotten further in VR than we were at the start? Do we have a wide variety of games that appeal to a lot of people? Do we have, you know, innovation of how we can, you know, interact with people, whether it's in the same virtual reality setting or, you know, interacting also with people like in the same room and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I w- I've just kind of been thinking about that lately. Yeah, It's, it's a good thing to think upon. Um, obviously we've got, you know, the, if you look at the most popular VR games, one could argue, Oh yeah, it's social, um, (laughs) VR chat currently still blows everything else out of the water in terms of popularity by a landslide. Um, and, uh, rec room on other platforms outside of PC is also doing stupidly well. Um, so the social apps are, I mean, you're on to something that, you know, people want to not feel isolated in their VR headsets. Turns out some of the best fun you can have is enjoying the presence of other people. And you can do it from the comfort of your bedroom without anyone else actually there. (laughs) I think that's Um, I think that's a good point. But I think it's also part of the mark we're missing is that it's it's so social for people who have VR headsets, but we're like completely losing the like couch family time playing together. Mm-hmm. Like we've actually gotten further from that. Cause there was games in the beginning that tried to like innovate and tried to make things that could actually spend time together. And the quest, right. although I love my quest, it is one of the worst things to try to like set up a screen that shows off what's happening for the person headset and then have other people watch and interact. Cause not only do you have to have something running, the person inside the headset now has this weird red, dot always in their vision showing that it's casting you've also got if someone takes it off it might lose connection the audio is delayed the video is delayed it's not quite the same as like what psvr delivered where you had it on the tv you saw exactly what they're seeing and there was even games where you could be playing with that person that i feel like what oculus took from the pc side and brought to everybody has isolated us more inside the headset you can hang out with anyone all over the world but this is not a family friendly gaming system at all yeah right which i think like for right now you know covid times it's you know potentially not that big of a deal because you can actually get some social interaction with people outside of your household you might be sick of all the people inside your household (laughs) but once we get past all this covid stuff i and of course just one of the things about gaming that I love so much is the social aspect of it and the social aspect of people in your actual physical vicinity. Growing up with gaming, it was always with my siblings. I, that mm-hmm. was like our biggest bonding time was playing yeah. video games. Same. And so it's hard for me sometimes. And it sometimes even prevents me from, you know, grabbing the headset and throwing it on is because I'm putting this on and now I don't get to hang out with anyone that is physically near me. And, you know, just like when we were talking about playing Mist, it's like, 
you have to jump through all these hoops to try and get it to cast onto the TV or something so you can enjoy the game together. And wouldn't it be great if we could just have that be something that the headset does, which is another reason why I'm so excited for PSVR 2 if they ever actually do it and why I'm so like bummed that we're kind of moving away from that because it was so nice that they set things up in such a way where the default was you are hanging out with the people in your household as well as enjoying VR. And Mm -hmm. they had some really cool games that even you could have people in like the same living room as you that aren't in VR that are still interacting with you and playing games like the um, Playroom Mm-hmm. VR mm-hmm. game. And I just wish we had more stuff like that. Or like even the um what is the bomb game called? Keep talking and nobody explodes. Yeah. Keep talking yep. and nobody explodes. That game is so cool. You have one person VR and the other person that's just you know has like a physical little paper handbook that they're using to try and help you out. I wish we had more things like that that are just more innovative. Mm-hmm. I feel like we kind of get a little bit into a rut sometimes. Well, it's funny you mentioned this. Um, I meant to actually introduce this at the beginning, bleh, the beginning of the discussion, but I'm now that we've circled over to PlayStation, I'll, I'll introduce it. Um, Sony actually released, well, not released, put in a patent, and therefore it went public um, for a ta- a concept of asymmetric VR where one user would be inside of the VR headset and playing the game. And then you'd have an audience as usual, you know, PlayStation. Thank goodness that they did get into VR early because they really like, thanks to them. It's it's there is not a single PC VR game that doesn't also show the game on the monitor. (laughs) Um, And um, so, so you've got the, the, you've got, in this in this instance, the on the monitor or not on the monitor on the TV, I guess, um, people that you can have an audience in real life that aren't they don't have VR on, but they can interact with the person in VR. So they could, for example, take uh, the they they could put up their phones. I don't have hands. I just did that automatically. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's gonna bug me. Um, they can hold their phone up and. Uh, like vote on like what objects that the person gets to use in whatever VR environment mm. they're in or whatever the case may be. You can think of all sorts of great ex- examples for that audience to really participate in what the VR user is doing. Um, that would be really cool. <laughs> yeah. So this is, this is pretty cool tech. It's also cool to see Sony still working. You know, if Sony's putting in a patent for a VR gaming concept, that means they're still doing something VR over there. Um, so exciting stuff and this definitely goes into what you're saying natalie you know pl- playstation um it, it just generally the 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 con the console makers they know people still play on the couch people live in households with other people there's not everyone's in a one-person studio apartment right um and and really seeing that and taking advantage of it and taking you know, they're, they're, not only is it good for the consumer to be able to interact with their families, it's good for the companies too. You can make some money here, right? Make some make some games that really take advantage of this. Um, 
and you know if they buy two consoles to interact with each other <laughs> yeah <laughs> um, there was a game on PSVR that actually has already done this once. Uh, it was called The Persistence. It was a survival horror game that was randomly generated. And you could download a companion app on a phone for someone else in the room oh. that would show the map. Not only show the map ahead of time, you could either sick the enemies on them. You could mark the enemies on their radar for them. You could find hidden items and tell them where those were. You could turn more lights on to help them out. So you could help or hinder depending on what you wanted to do. <laughs> like that sounds fun. Why is it? I feel like the problem was Facebook came from such a PC mindset with this and PC games didn't try this. There's so much that we could be doing like this that would make VR fun for everyone to play together instead of it's like, Oh, I need three quests. If I want to do something with my family, like, yeah, Obviously, yeah. that's good for them, but that's not good for us who can only, you know, who only wants to buy one headset and actually have a meaningful time together. Right. Uh, and and I think I think another thing like that makes me want that kind of, you know, interaction with people in your physical space is like until VR gets to a point where you have really good graphics and really good like facial expressions, I it just feels kind of lonely to me even if like you're in it with other people and like, you know, you see the avatars and all that stuff. It's like, it's not quite right because you can't see the facial expressions, you know, even in, even in games like VR chat that are still have better graphics, but it's, it's not quite right. And it, it makes me just want to talk with people in my physical space. Right. It actually, yeah. since kind of switching to a different app than the one we used to use in the podcast, I actually would argue, even though we look totally not realistic, I feel much more in tune with each other in this because the way the face moves and the things it does. Because the other one, the faces may have looked like us, but there was no emotion to them. They yeah, that's true. Dead faces, you know. This, and yeah, it's necessary. One, I think there was one thing you had said, Nat, that I, I just feel like we're kind of going to miss here if we don't say it. I think you said another thing you felt like as a female, you felt like hey, there's just so many shooters. You're not into shooters. Yeah. And it seems like most of VR, it's shooters. It's games are based on shooting. The gaming world is based on shooting. So what do you think? Are we getting any better at getting variety there? Something that other people who feel that way might get? Right. That's, yeah, that's what I was kind of, trying to touch on with like the inclusive thing because we have and like you said the gaming industry as a whole I feel like is still very male focused and you know I think it's getting a little better but there's and not to say that women don't like shooters there's plenty you know Destiny her favorite game in VR is Pavlov but I just think it would be nice to have more variety more innovation in that way too like can we have something other than shooters? Can we have games where no, like <laughs> no, we can only have shooters? Well, where's the where's the good RPGs? I know you're waiting for those. Right, Rip, that's like. true. That's true. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I want Let's those. get some. I mean, obviously, we're not going to get Pokemon unless like Nintendo had their <laughs> own headset that wasn't one that you hold on your face <laughs> but like yeah can we have games where there's more of a story can we have games where we're working together or you know we're uh, more rpg type games and stuff like that um or even just something that's totally new i feel like 
And I think that that's been talked about a few times on the podcast where it's like, it feels like there's so much untapped potential. There's so many things we could be doing in VR, but we're just like, oh, well, let's just make another shooter because that's, you know, people like those and we've had those. <laughs> but I mean, I I feel like there is kind of an untapped uh, market for, you know, maybe people that don't like those typical gamer type games like shooters. You know, we could open it up to more interesting things or things that are better for humanity, you know, like learning about other cultures and stuff like that instead of shooting people. (laughs) 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 I know shooters have some good things too. Like, you know, you're learning teamwork and working together and all that stuff. Not saying (laughs) shooters are terrible. Just saying it would be nice to have other stuff too. Mm-hmm. or other stuff uh k27 i i haven't been commenting on chat because i thought the chat was just being really silent but it turns out for some reason my chat stopped updating so i just refreshed oh, it no! and there's a ton of comments i'm sorry guys um k27 says i was and i was looking at like the the stream statistics i'm like the stream statistics is climbing why is no one commenting um <laughs> so k27 he, he says uh tale of tables vr player is kind of the dungeon master and couch players Ooh. are the characters that's kind of interesting that cool i would i i, I it, let me i'll i'll see if this is a thing that he's if it like tale of tables there's um, a there's a variety of stuff like that that's relatively not well known because it's only PSVR, but there is there's something to be said for like can we not figure out a way to make stuff like this happen? Connect a phone to the Quest Two or something like. Yeah. Can't we have more of this getting everyone involved together because it's so cool, and it's mm-hmm. such an opportunity that's being missed hard because I feel like the all the big makers have been used to PC. They're used to you not being able to play with anyone else. Uh, we. I can't. I can't. I'm beating a dead horse here. We need PSVR two party to help us balance. <laughs> we need Nintendo <laughs> to make a good Seriously. VR headset. Yeah. Oh, but imagine out. when Honestly. you try and invite someone to a chat room. We need to input their friend code. Oh. <laughs> they just have to fix that. But yeah. but if I they mean, made it, it to where it's only people in the same room playing it, I mean, we could see a whole other side of VR we don't even know is exists yet. I feel like right. if Nintendo wanted to get actually into the vr game not the freaking i don't even remember what it's called their little hold it to your face thing i, I feel <laughs> like they could do a really thing. good job because mm-hmm. um, they are so about you know interacting and and not just sitting by yourself yeah. being sad but, absolutely <laughs> i mean they refuse to give up motion controls on their games like mm-hmm. it's crazy and you've got um um what was i gonna say uh and and if nintendo hopped into vr no one has done peripherals quite like nintendo the amount of Mm. things they made for the wii controllers and the things they make for the switch you know they they make all these really cool ways to incorporate existing controllers into official external peripherals that would uh, that vr totally needs i would love to like all we've really seen is like the aim the the aim pro controller what what is it that playstation has as far as peripherals the aim is like the known one there's there's tons of other stuff that may not be worth mentioning (laughs) the aim controller is pretty cool though 
It is. Right, yeah. So, so Sony dabbles in it. Yeah. Um, but Nintendo's always been king when it comes to motion VR peripherals. Um, if they can just figure out their online system. Mario Party VR, K27, you're, uh, you've got this solid idea there. <laughs> well, oh I think of, so I think of games. Can you imagine if there was, like, VR Smash Bros.? That'd be so fun. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it would be interesting. I don't know how they would execute it, but I think of like yeah. so many games where like even you pit you know four people on the couch split screen versus one person in VR that can't see their screens and they can't see theirs. You know, yeah. there's so many possibilities that that could bring mm-hmm. in Dead by yeah. Daylight games, uh, Prey, Monster Hunter type games, like so many things that could phone, that yeah. could come from it you get to be the ghost if you're in vr that'd be that would be Ooh, really cool that'd actually. be so cool yeah oh that'd be so cool <laughs> yeah just so much untapped potential yeah i hope we see more i'm worried with the way the market's turning that it's just going to continue that only the social is with other people that are in their vr headsets i hope that we don't lose the possible family side though because there's it's so much that we haven't seen that could be there so yeah there's Mm -hmm. already enough people isolating themselves from you know their families slash you know friends that are actually physically there to and not that there's anything wrong with hanging out with people online that's really cool that's really awesome that we can do that but it is important and i think that's something that we've also felt through all these covid times like it really does make a difference to actually be able to be physically near someone mm-hmm. so i yeah and honestly i feel like facebook i'm just calling them facebook because i liked oculus before they were bought by facebook <laughs> but <laughs> i just feel like they're kind of killing some of this innovation with all this stuff that they're doing yeah and mm-hmm. it's really sad because other headsets any you know oculus before they were bought by facebook had some cool stuff going on but we're losing it with just wanting to get a bunch of cheap headsets out there and yeah that's the goal is to just get as many out there as possible instead of innovating and doing cooler stuff Mm -hmm. yeah it's a tough balance because you know when you innovate you also end up with high price points typically you know that's the that's how you end up with thousand dollar headsets all right i'm gonna wrap it up there though um so I guess I would typically at this point go, Natalie, tell them where they can find you, but (laughs) (laughs) it's not really applicable here. (laughs) No, but I will say, oh, go ahead. Oh, I don't yet have any kind of YouTube channel or anything like that. And my Instagram is basically nothing. So (laughs) (laughs) check out Jay's channel and you'll, you'll, you'll find. Sometimes I'm on there. Yeah, but for those that still don't know, Jay, Jay's the the YouTuber of the podcast. Um, so by all means, check him out, and you will also find Natalie there. Um, so on a related note, Natalie, thank you so much. I'd like point hands to you or something, but again, they're not working. <laughs> um, <laughs> thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. It was lovely as always. Like I said, our favorite guest. Um, <laughs> um, for everyone that is here, um, first off, if you aren't in the Discord already, guys, what are you doing? Get in the Discord. I There, there are uh, j- j- just... 
the numbers don't lie. There's a lot of people that are listening right now to this podcast, and I know for a fact that you are not in the Discord server. Let's remedy that, yeah? It's good stuff. <laughs> this is some fun stuff there. We love to talk to you guys. Um, uh, also consider the Patreon. That's $5 a month for early access to the podcast as soon as I edit them, and you get priority on the Q&A questions and the podcasts that you do get from us are in high quality stereo audio. That's right. We have to upload monio audio for the podcast services, but for you special folks, you get stereo and trust me, it sounds much better. Makes sense. Um, it does. If you're listening to this podcast and not watching it on YouTube, consider checking out the live stream. That's what's happening right now. It's lots of fun. Vice versa. If you are on our YouTube channel and we're on our just, you know, I want to be able to listen to this, a little more casually. I don't want to have to sit down and stare at my screen every time I want to listen to the Full Dive Podcast. Well, might you consider checking out our various podcast services? And we are everywhere. Let me know if we are not on the podcast service you like. I think we've got it all covered, though. We're even on Amazon. Hey. Um, wow. yeah, we fancy. We got on there quick. Um, which is, they, they for those that aren't clued in, they like just recently kind of released their podcast service options. Um. And with that, thank you for tuning in, everyone. For those in the live stream, we will be going into after hours. But for those listening to us online, thank you so much for listening. And we will see you next episode. Uh, episode 39. Do I phone in? <laughs> oh, my God. No. <laughs> no. She was just waiting for that. Oh, my goodness. Good luck editing that out, Rip. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Not. Bye, everybody. <laughs>